Welcome to One and a Half Gods and a Goose. I know last time I said Two and a Half Gods and a Goose, but I messed up because it's really just me and then a guest, not me and Keith and a guest. So it's really one and a half, you know, one and a half instead of two and a half. So my apologies on that. I messed up. Um, so this is actually One and a Half Gods and a Goose, 1.5 GG. Um, today is actually a really interesting conversation. We have uh, one of my old friends from college. Uh, he has a very interesting background. Uh, he's a doctor now, a doctor of physical therapy, so that's exciting. Um, and he is a Miami nut. Miami sports, everything. I follow his Facebook. Everything you hear and see is about Miami, this and that, Miami Heat, Dolphins, uh, Canes, everything. Uh, he bleeds wh- whatever color Miami is, green, orange, I don't know. But um, Ryan Quintana, Dr. Ryan Quintana, Welcome. And just wanted to say, uh, I am I am thinking of you because you guys lost Hassan Whiteside, and I was watching the Portland uh, New Orleans game, and Hassan Whiteside is horrible <laughs> over there. So you guys dodged a bullet. <laughs> yeah, glad to be on. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, when when you say we lost Hassan Whiteside, that's more of a um, addition by subtraction. If there was ever a, a perfect personification of that phrase. Um, I do not miss him at all. There's no other way to put it. <laughs> I mean, the, like your Miami Heat are killing it right now. Like I, I had predicted them to be like, kind of like where the Pistons are at. Like you know, bottom of the Eastern Conference playoff race, six to eight range. Uh, but they've really exceeded expectations. Has that caught you by surprise? Uh, massively. Um, not even the Homer in me thought we were going to be this good. I was honestly <laughs> expecting best case scenario being a five. Six seed maybe with Butler leading us and you know all of a sudden we're you know the three seed in the east with Butler really not even pulling the heavy on this team I mean having these rookies uh none and hero just like come in and like light the freaking league on fire has been like the best surprise ever and um I mean everybody's contributed um you know Dion who's just deciding to find a different <laughs> excuse every day why he can't do anything but I mean, we've pretty much banished him anyways into the Bermuda Triangle, so hopefully he'll never suit up for us again. But Well, um, I'm sure after doing uh, those gummies, he's pretty much banished his mind too, so I don't know what happened <laughs> over there. Uh, you know, we've all heard stories of that going on, doing too many edibles and this and that, but he it seemed like he really freaked out, and, you know, he's going to be away from the team for a while, but, yeah, that I was mean, wild. you know, I, I know we're trying to do our best just to keep him away, like, long-term period. Um you know, right now the way things are clicking with us, they definitely don't want to mess that up. So I'm, I'm hoping it stays that way in any case, just because we're we're rolling right now. And you know, a lot of people I know are pointing out like, oh, some of their wins are against like lesser, you know, competition. But you know, we got at least a couple solid wins against Milwaukee. You know, that 20-some point comeback we had at the beginning of the year. Um, we, you know whooped the rockets like i didn't even think we had that in us i I was at that game and it was just start to finish was just probably the best complete game we played all year Mm -hmm. so you never know man sky's the limit season's still early but you know optimistically you know maybe two three seed now yeah i mean it's it's been crazy and and i i think one player to really that's really kind of shine in my eyes is bam Adebayo. like he's had steady improvements year over year but this year he seems to be much better than was than he was before and the team just generally seems like uh it's it's a positive when he's on the court 
Oh, massively. I mean, he's what's freaky about him is that he's like just big but athletic at the same time. He's, he's if so you've seen the game, so he'll, he'll get a rebound, he'll take the ball at the court himself. I mean, he's not like one of those where he has to get rid of it. I mean, I think that's what made the decision to, to jettison Whiteside so much easier was just the fact that we had him and you know waiting for us to be the starter. And the best part, too, is that you know we're so deep now that now his backup, um, Silva. I mean, this guy's like Bam 2.0. Like, he's like a freak of nature also. And, you know, having that, you know, depth and consistency has been phenomenal for us. But Bam definitely was, everyone was planning him taking the next step this year. And all signs right now are he's doing that for us. So he's definitely going to be like a massive part of, you know, however successful we are. Yeah. And it's exciting because you get one superstar in an offseason and somehow like you know teams that usually acquire superstars in the offseason they tend to give up you know youth in some way or the youth takes a step back or you know uh takes a backseat to the superstar but really like the miami heat success has been driven by the youngsters jimmy butler's been there but it's been driven by the youngsters that's what's made this so surprising is that everybody kind of thought it was going to be you know jimmy butler and maybe you know the seven dwarfs but yeah Pretty much, but um, everybody has contributed everything, and I think, you know, a lot of the bench is an unsung hero here. I mean, Goran Dragic, having him coming off a bench when realistically he could start for 20 other teams in this league, I mean, that makes a huge difference. It's not like there's even that much of a drop-off when, you know, Butler comes off, um, goes to the bench. You know, it's and we like you said, you know, we got the superstar without really giving up much. You know, we kept the core intact. We kept Winslow. We kept Adebayo. Um, we drafted Hero. You know, we built around the young guys with Butler being the leader, and it's paying off, like you said, in dividends because Butler really isn't having to carry the load, which is, I mean, great. He gets to be the leader, which, you know, I love him, but I know he's got a little bit of an ego to him, so he has to be the leader. But, you know, the young guys are um, are taking up the load for the most part, so it's been like a total team effort. Yeah, and and it's been it's been very fun to watch. I, I'm I'm kind of jealous because my Pistons are doing the exact opposite. It seems like it seems like everybody's getting hurt and the team is torpedoing a lot of control. Um, but I'm 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 jealous. But at least Ryan, you and I are in the same boat on with with one organization, and that is the Miami Hurricanes. Um, we both <laughs> heck yeah, uh, we yeah. both wallow in ineptitude over there. Um, just want to get your thoughts like the the Manny Diaz era we're talking about Miami football if you know if you're not following but uh Miami Diaz sorry Manny Diaz has been okay in my mind like he he came in as the previous defensive coordinator in my opinion completely revamped the defense and made it actually exciting to watch with the whole turnover chain and that's got national attention and you know the the Canes were doing well under Mark Richt um, but, you know, it seems to be when Manny Diaz took the reins, it's kind of taken a step back. Uh, just want to get your thoughts on on that. Well, I mean, I think you nailed it on the head when you said Manny Diaz has been okay. Um, the problem was is that everybody had really low expectations coming into the year, and then here comes Manny Diaz on a freaking yacht coming and pulling up to Wharf and basically, like, hyping the team up himself like a one-man, you know, hype army. Right. And he did it. Everybody bought into it. Everybody's like, okay, he knows something we don't. You know, he's clearly got the team clicking. You know, they're doing these WWE wrestling moves, you know, in the mm-hmm. gym, you know, on the practice facilities, coming in on that boat. You know, he's really selling the team. So everybody thought, you know, hell, you know, we're going to have a decent team this year, a pretty good one. And even through the Florida game, I went up to the Florida game, and I got to be honest, I minus the kicking game, which 
God, uh, if we had a kicker, how good we would be this year. <laughs> um, minus after the Florida game, I came away positive. I came away upbeat. I was like, you know what? If we did this against the number eight team in the country, had them on the ropes, you know, thank God the refs threw like seven straight pass interferences on, you know, on the Gators there on that last drive and we still couldn't connect. But, um, yeah, you know, it, it just, it, I came away optimistic. And then, like you said, something just wasn't clicking after that. I think that North Carolina game, that second one just deflated us. I mean, yeah, like you said, he loss. revamped. It was, it was. And like you said, the key point that cost us it, besides the fact that I definitely think that our offense was very primitive and simple to start the year. Like we, we did the same stuff over and over again. It was like, you know, screen, run to the short side. You know, like it, our plays were predictable. And we thought when we brought in Enos from Alabama, you know, as our offensive coordinator, the guy that's been coaching Tua and, and all these Bama superstars, you know, he comes in and like it's a pedestrian offense. You know, it kind of was like, okay, well, I thought we should be putting up 30 points a game. We're putting up 17. But I think what killed it for us that game, and I think that kind of set the tone for the season, honestly, was fourth and 17 game is on the line in the fourth quarter we stop north carolina on that we win the game you know we're one and one winning the division and like you said diaz comes in revamps the defense so you expect it to still play at that same level we give up a first down on fourth and 17 the rest is history we lose that game and just to you know put the cherry on top we missed the uh, possible game winning extra field goal at the at the end of the game so it's just been like a, a hodgepodge of just, you know, what's wrong each game. You know, one game, the offense doesn't do it. The other game, the defense doesn't do it. The other game, kicking costs us. So there's not really one area you can point to that's been like the focal point of weakness. It's just been kind of a collective letdown. Right. And and it's it's very frustrating to watch as a, you know, as an, as an outsider, uh, you know, as a fan, um, being an alumni of the University of Miami like you. Um, but while we were in school, we had a little bit of a different vantage point, you and I. Uh, do you kind of want to explain what vantage point you had? Because it's very <laughs> unique and didn't really reveal itself until you graduated. So I, I think people would like to know how, how you saw the game. Um, I got to see it at field level from behind the head of a furry bird mascot. Um, I was a Sebastian the Ibis for the four and a half years that I was at UM for undergrad. Um, and I got to see every home game on the field up close. Um, got to go to a handful of away games, bowl games, got to see those games up close. And it, it, it's totally different seeing it down there than from seeing it uh, up in the stands. I'll tell you that. It, it was a great perspective. And, you know, sometimes <laughs> the best part about that is uh, you get a good view of the game and you don't ha and uh, you can get away with a lot of emotional um, outbreaks in the helmet. You know, you can kind of get away with maybe cursing a little under your breath or kind of like not having to uh, be smiling at the play like mm -hmm. um, your perspective, which was, hey, guys, let's, you know, let's go Canes, be positive, upbeat. Yeah. Like, I feel like you had a way tougher job than I did because even when we're losing or when something's going wrong, you had to be upbeat, whereas I could just like hide it in shame behind the head. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Like, I was a cheerleader for the University of Miami same time that Ryan was the the Ibis. And uh, yeah, it was, it, was, it was frustrating because, you know, you're down by 40 and you're like, oh, come on, you can still do it. You, you got to be all positive. And especially it, it really sucked when you're getting walloped and it's an away game because how like they're not even really your fans that you're cheering to. It, it may be five people in the stands next to you. Um, mm -hmm. I remember the Notre Dame game that we had played in Soldier Field. I, I had the opportunity to go to that one. And man, that was uh, that was rough. Like it was it was cold. Uh, we lost forty to three. Uh, it, yeah, it was just 
it was, it was very disappointing and you had to put on this this you know fake fake smile and yeah everything is fine everything is great and and uh yeah it's it's tough um but ryan like what so like it putting on this furry costume uh you know in 90 degree plus god knows what humidity level uh <laughs> how did you keep yourself cool because you have to wear that thing for an extended amount of time and i can imagine you're literally boiling in there oh god yeah like um i would at least lose about three four or five pounds of water weight every time i put that thing on easy like not even a question um we tried different ways to keep ourselves cool in there um believe it or not people always ask me i think the first question i get is is there a fan in there you know, and that's always like, because oh, Mickey Mouse has a fan in his. And I'm like, well, we don't have the budget of Disney World, so we don't have a fan <laughs> in our head. I know they um, have a fan in there. <laughs> apparently they do. Yeah, they have wow. fans. They have the whole nine yards. Because what we did is we tried looking for different cooling systems to try and keep us cool. And um, we ended up, you know, asking Disney, hey, what do you guys use? And we found out that they got fans. They have the whole nine yards. It's like the Cadillac of mascot heads. And is it only um, Mickey Mouse that gets the fan? Because he's the face no i think anybody i think oh, anybody okay. in disney i think oh. anybody like operates like a disney costume gets that but because um, i mean you know, that'd be so awkward if you were like donald duck for example and you look over at <laughs> mickey and he's the only one that's cool <laughs> you, you come into work at 6 a.m ready to go to the park and you draw short straws on who gets donald oh, and who gets man, to be in yeah. the air conditioned head <laughs> <laughs> that'd be great so like what are some um, of the ways that you kept cool in there well one way that we tried is we got these um ice gelatin packs that we like wrapped around our neck that the goal was to basically pull them out of a freezer right before we got the costume on, put them on, and it would keep us cool the whole game or time that we had it on. But in reality, I tried that on once, and I probably think it lasted about all of seven and a half minutes before it was just a hot, like, extra pound and a half on my neck now weighing mm -hmm. me down, and it didn't do anything. So after, like, that first time I wore it, I said, you know what? The hell with this. I'm not using that shit anymore. Right. That, that just, it was good for those seven and a half minutes, and then after that, it just sucked. Oh yeah, so and, really, and the you're like a Miami guy, so you're you know in a way used to this weather. But you know, I, yep. I can only imagine for somebody who's not from Miami to put on that costume, you know, as a freshman, uh, how they would feel. It's, it's insane. I mean, we had a couple guys when I was there that they were from the Northeast, and I mean, the the heat hit all of us hard. I mean, even me, who was like born and raised here, you know, been through all these heat waves and whatnot, the humidity, all that stuff it still got me like really really bad so i can only imagine how they were feeling just because i mean it's like it's like four or five layers that we're putting on you know we only everybody only kind of sees the fur and the jersey but even under that you got like two or three layers of under armor um I was going through a weird jerry curl phase back in the day, so I had this like extra like hoodie that I had to cover my head up with so that my hair wouldn't get into my eyes when I was like mascotting so I wouldn't you know not be able to see so that was an extra layer I had on so um, I had a solid like four or five layers on just wearing that. So yeah, those those noon games did me no favor whatsoever. Whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. But um, yeah. But uh, uh, I think the main method we did to stay cool was um, literally there's a hole in the beak. Um, if anybody ever gets to take a look at the costume, like the beak kind of projects itself really well, but there's a hole right in the back of the mouth that's just big enough for like you know a bottle of Gatorade or water to come in just so we can take like a, a nice quick swig just to kind of cool ourselves down that way. So that's really kind of the only method to really like cool ourselves down other than like taking a break and taking the head off. Now, 
what's like the most awkward moment you've had in there? Because you get to meet a ton, like you know, famous alumni, celebrities, this and that, and you you know you have to kind of play the Sebastian part. You you can't speak, and you have to kind of you know be a mascot, right? So what's like mm-hmm. the most embarrassing moment you've had while in the while donning the suit? Most embarrassing moment I had. Um, actually, it's not even when I was Sebastian. It's when I was the uh, the Miami Maniac. Uh, okay, the baseball so, mascot. Okay, just to back up. So, yeah, the Miami Maniac is the Miami baseball mascot. I believe he was the first mascot of the UM, right? Uh, no, I think Sebastian was first. But then um, the baseball program, because they wanted to differentiate themselves. I mean, this is like bang, bang, like which one came first, I think. Um, they wanted to do something different. So they kind of, I think, based them off the Philly Fanatic. I'm not. I was, I was just going to say, that, it looks he, very similar. Yeah. Like. Like you could say, like cousins, basically. Like they, they look very, very similar. Right. Um, so actually, I think my most embarrassing moment was with that. It was, um, I forget which game it was. I think it was just a regular Saturday night game. And it was a little rainy, so people had brought their umbrellas. So I took one fan's umbrella. And the way the stadium's laid out is that the main lower bowl is right above the, on top of the field. So you have to go up like, you know, five, six steps, you know, to get up to your seats. And there's like this basically guardrail of, you know, like a cage, basically, um, like a regular fence. So there were these two girls walking up the uh, the staircase and I thought, okay, time for me to be, you know, let me be cute mascot here, you know, try and block their way, make them pay some sort of toll or something. So I take the umbrella and I put it in and lock it right into like one of the cage, one of the um, circles in the cage there. But I didn't realize that. So I'm basically blocking now the girls from walking by as if I was like a bridge arm. And when they were like, okay, haha, funny, ready to go by, I was ready to let them by. But instead of pulling the umbrella out and then up to let them through, I just pulled the thing straight up. So it basically, once it cleared the fence, that thing, the umbrella launched itself like a rocket, perfectly nailed the girl right in the face. Oh, no. So I hit this poor girl in the face with an umbrella completely by accident and the worst part was is that at the time another one of the mascots was there he was watching the game just to watch it and he was like two rows away from me when it happened all i could hear out of the left corner of my ear is just him busting out laughing just like uncontrollably <laughs> and this poor girl was just like grabbing her face and i was just like oh my god like Please don't be bleeding. <laughs> I hope I didn't break your nose. <laughs> and, and, and the best part about that is you can't like say sorry, you know, because you're like you're in the mascot, like you you're you're playing the part, right? No, it, it gets worse. I have to act out that I'm sorry, so I have to just overly exaggerate this now, like apology of like, oh my god, I'm so sorry, and I can't say anything to this poor girl. So like, it's trying to me, it's trying to me be like getting a message to like me personally, I'm sorry, but it, everyone makes it look like it's just the mascot saying like, oh, I'm so sorry, I messed up. So right. and it, it's, it has <laughs> um, this like goofy connotation, right? It doesn't seem doesn't seem sincere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly so but she took it like a champ she was good um <laughs> for what it's worth i got her a baseball you know like one of the foul balls as a souvenir and came up to her and gave it to her i mean oh, i know that works nice. for a 10 year old kid i don't know if it works for a college sophomore but you know that I'm was sorry the best i, I could do here's this ball that's been used <laughs> exactly right <laughs> that's amazing and by the way if you haven't been and i'm just speaking to the audience here if you haven't been to a miami baseball game go Forget the base, the actual baseball of it. It's a good program, whatever. But the milkshakes, they, oh, they yeah. may have, they <laughs> may have the best milkshakes in the world. I I don't think I've ever had a a, a better milkshake than what I've had at Mark Light. 
Dude, you know it. There were students that would go before the game just to get a milkshake, and they wouldn't even stay for the game. They would just go back to their dorms or whatever. Like uh-huh. that, that. I'm guilty that of that. Place, exactly right. Yeah. I, even I've done it once or twice. Um, but the key is always the same. If you're gonna get a milkshake before the game starts, you got to get there like 45 minutes before yes. the game starts. The line. If is... not, you're mi- yes. you're missing two to three innings. Yes. Oh yeah. Um, Easy. Yeah. But actually, this year, uh, a couple years ago, I don't know if you've been to a game. When was the last time you went to a game? Man, like 2016. Oh, crap. Um, yeah, I don't know if they had this going back then, but recently I noticed it last year. They actually have people going around with these huge like containers of just pre-made milkshakes, and they just sell them there in the stands. Like Instead of you having to go down to the milkshake stand, they come up to you. You don't have to order it. They just think of it like those 1920s cigarette, you know, cigar and cigarette and like alcohol girls that have those like huge bands around their neck and they're carrying this huge tray of like all this stuff. That's what they have going on now. They basically have like one person with a tray of just pre-made milkshakes. You know, this one's Oreo, this one's the J-Row, this one's the Maniac one, whatever. And then you just pay the same thing, but it's from the comfort of your seat. That's convenient, cause that, cause I remember, yeah, like, like I remember distinctly going to the games like forty five minutes early and just expecting just to, oh, I'm gonna miss the first couple innings, I'm gonna get a milkshake, but then I'll be happy. Yeah, pretty much. And some people even get two because they're like, oh, well, I don't know when I'm gonna like, you know, n- like need to get back in line, so I don't wanna miss much of the game, still get two. Uh, I don't and, blame them. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. Like seriously. If you love milkshakes, like make a trip down to Miami. Forget the actual city. Just go to like the just go to like the baseball game, um, and and actually, frankly, you'll see better baseball there than you will at Marlins at Marlins Park. So, oh, wholeheartedly, yeah. No, that's not even that's not even a doubt or in question. No, yeah, <laughs> that's exactly. that is not even close. But um, a word of advice to anybody that does go to the games: um, the city that the university is in, Coral Gables, recently passed a law banning plastic straws. So now it's just paper straws. Yeah, it's just paper straws that are allowed. So naturally, because the stadium's in Coral Gables, they have to give you paper straws to the milkshakes. And what we've all figured out very quickly is that if you do not drink that thing in about five minutes flat, you're going to have dissolved paper just everywhere in that milkshake. Like, the straws do not hold up. So in the same way that you're, like, saying, oh, you know, sometimes people get two milkshakes, I get one milkshake, but I take, like, five straws. Like, not even kidding. So just because yeah. they just deteriorate, they soften up, they deteriorate. It's awful. So for every turtle you save, you are killing a tree or two. Oh, probably at least. I don't even want to know the cost of the straws they go through because everybody does the same. At some point, I think they just give up and get a spoon and just eat it like ice cream. Yeah, because because actually the milkshake etiquette for me is like you know it's it's too solid to to drink right away because it's you know it's, mm-hmm. it's like ice cream, right? So. And especially in Miami, it takes about five minutes for it to get uh, soft again. So that's when I start <laughs> drinking. So if I leave my straw in at that point, it'll already be at that paper, you know, that paper shredding stage. So that's there you go. That's, exactly, that's good wisdom. Yeah, right there. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's important. That's important. So going back to the 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 mascot talk, uh, when you were a mascot, what? was like the the like the most like like fun you've had like what was like the most fun game you've had or fun moment you've had while in the hmm. suit i'd probably say there's a couple that would make my uh my top of the list um my first football away game um was my sophomore year at florida state uh that nice. was the first time i've been on a away game on my own and unlike home games you were the, I think that's where I met you, probably, honestly. 
because that was the first time I made that trip. Um, so it's not like home games where they try to like divvy up, you know, people to try and like offload the heat and all that, so that not it's not just one person doing the whole game. Away games, it's one person. So I was up there, and you know, I had no idea what to expect. I'd never been to Tallahassee, never been to Florida State, um, never been to Doe Campbell Stadium, and it was a night game opening the season, so. You know, I remember waking up in, in our hotel, wherever the heck it was. I remember it vividly. It's like a two-story, this, like, Motel 6 that we stayed at. And I remember waking up in the um, in the parking lot, uh, waking up and looking out over the window into the parking lot, and our team was warming up there, like, in the parking lot, running plays, like, before. And I'm thinking, we're going to get our ass kicked. So, definitely, best part that like always stays top of one of my best memories as a mascot is the fact that we won that game and the way that we won it on that last play where it looked like Florida State completed the touchdown pass in the end zone as time expired and then you see all three reps coming in just like no incomplete incomplete and everybody storms the field I just booked it I just ran to like midfield to like just celebrate with the team that was that was probably the highlight highlight of like you know best moments ever and it was just right off the bat because at that point, I didn't know any better, and you know, a win over Florida State, you always go big on your celebration. So, of course, that one might be that one might be number one, like right up there. A, a personal favorite of mine. Another one is I think that same year we went to UCF. Um, were you on the trip? No, I was not. Okay, I, I guess you guys were uh, didn't go on that one. Um, that UCF trip, um, man, I don't think we've ever been booed so loud in a stadium in my life. Um, when we ran the team at the tunnel, like it sounded like we were like just the epitome of like the worst thing that UCF could ever imagine. And I'm like, you know, I just went to Florida State like a month ago, and it wasn't even this bad. But um, what happened was is that, and there's a YouTube video of this um, uh, under like Miami Hurricane Sebastian, and their mascot tried to start a fight with me, like a legit, like actual fight. He came over to where I was cheering in front of our section. And he was actually actively pushing me, you know, trying to get me riled up, trying to get me like retaliate. And in the back of my head, I'm just thinking what my boss has always told me, which is do not retaliate. Do not get into a fight. You represent the school. You know, don't do anything stupid like that. So I'm thinking in my head, I can't even like drop kick this guy, this SOB in a freaking stupid night costume because, you know, I don't want to lose my job. It's a good perk. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so what I noticed is that um, their mascot, for some reason, has, I guess, like a, a sword that comes with their costume. And this moron left the sword behind, like on the field there as he's like walking away from me, you know, throwing the U down, you know, trying to get me riled up. And in the back of my head, I remembered, shit, he left the, the sword there. Let me go, you know, fuck with him and get it. So I hop back. I pick up this sword. So all of a sudden I got freaking UCF Nitro sword in my hand. And the whole stadium is losing it. Like, I'm getting shit from the UCF fans. They're all booing like crazy. Mm -hmm. The UM fans are losing their mind. I turn, I, and I, what I do is I just basically, it's like a styrofoam sword. I, I was going to plant it into the field. I just, like, try to spear it into the ground, and it just, like, bends awkwardly. So I just end up, like, throwing it aside to the, to the way. And as I'm, like, walking away from that, my boss comes up to me, and I'm thinking, she's going to fire me. Like, I'm done. I, I took someone else's expensive $4,000 costume and ruined it. And instead, she like comes in and whispers, like, that was freaking awesome. So, <laughs> so I was like, okay, good. I'm off the hook on that. Um, and then when we get back into the locker room at halftime, um, I'm changing next to the kicker uh, at the time for the Canes. And he just looks at me. He's like, I don't know if you realize that there was a timeout. We all saw what you did. That shit was fucking badass. The whole team loved that. And I was like, wait, for <laughs> real? Like, you guys saw that? So 
that's like a personal favorite of mine just because it was like that ended about as well as it could have ended considering that you know it started with this guy wanting to basically like have a brawl with me so every once in a while you know i take a trip down memory lane and just like pull up that youtube video and it's just it, it brings a smile to my face every time that's amazing <laughs> And and like Miami is known for doing things like that. Like we are the 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 school that invented swagger. And if you you know there's a there's a famous black and white picture um, I had I posted on Twitter a while back um, of Sebastian uh, getting handcuffed, pushed against the fence. Uh, do you know the backstory of that, Ryan? I do actually. Um, I've heard that a few times now. That uh, I could probably recite it. Um, you know eyes closed, all that stuff. Um, so the guy in the costume, uh, his name's John Ruth. Phenomenal man. Um, he's like mascot Mount Rushmore in Miami. Um, he was Sebastian Abbas for, I think it was about eight or so years, maybe a little longer. He's also been Billy the Marlin, um, and he was also um, the South Carolina Gamecock mascot for a little oh, really? bit as well. So he's been around. Yeah, he's been around. He, he's been around, and he's got plenty of awesome stories to tell. And um, he actually runs the uh, the Hall of Fame now at, at UM on the campus, so you can find him easy any day there. But what happened was for this game at Florida State, you know, I don't know if anybody's aware of it, but at Florida State, the way they kind of hype themselves up is they have their, their you know, horse mascot. I don't want to call it a mascot because, you know, I don't think they call him that. But Chief Osceola rides on Renegade the horse with this flaming spear. It's an actual always, horse. It's an actual horse, yeah. <laughs> it's an actual horse that this guy rides in on with an actual flaming spear. And what he does is he basically comes all the way to midfield as the teams are like congregating on their sidelines, and he throws it down right into the middle of the field, and it just gets the whole crowd at Florida State always hyped up and lit. The team gets pumped up. So John Root's idea as a joke was to try to put that fire extinguisher, take a fire extinguisher and put that flame out. Um, so he, uh, got the idea from, I guess, a buddy of his and who happened to hook him up with a firefighter's helmet, a firefighter's jacket and an actual fire extinguisher. And he was at the head of the tunnel, uh, after Florida state ran out and after the spear got thrown into the, the midfield and right as the Miami team was running out the tunnel, uh, a Florida state trooper saw that he had this fire extinguisher and I guess he put one and one together really quick. So he grabs Sebastian and he's like, what the hell are you doing? You know, give me this fire extinguisher. And <laughs> and John always says that he says no. He's like, he responds with no. And at that point, he accidentally hit the spray. So he dead center hits this state trooper in the chest with a fire extinguisher. Right. I mean, he Air says quotes. accidentally, I, I believe him. But <laughs> um, so he hits him dead center. And at that point, apparently three or four more state troopers immediately like just come in on him and drag him away and basically like trying to like tear everything off and they're trying to tear the head off of off of his the mascot head off of his head which um if anybody knows is impossible because it's basically a bike helmet inside it so there's a chin strap underneath so he was probably getting choked you know it wasn't like it was a simple pull off thing so what they do end up doing is they just like grab him and throw him up against the fence. And in that infamous black and white photo that you mentioned, he is being pushed in by about three or four state troopers and they're trying to handcuff him. They're trying to detain him. And the only way it got resolved was that one of the, uh, I think the male cheerleader came by and was like, well, what are you guys doing with our bird? And at that point, I think they all looked at each other like, this is kind of ridiculous. We're like trying to detain a, um, 
you know, some kid in a costume. Right. So they basically took the fire extinguisher. They let him off with like a warning. But the picture makes it so much better because it looks like he's actually getting arrested for it. But he'll be quick to point out every time that he got detained. He'll always say he never got arrested. He just got detained. No charges. And, um, he'll, <laughs> no charges. And he also said that, you know, for what it's worth, he wasn't actually going to put out the flame. He was just going to kind of do it in a mocking fashion because he knows that there is no way on God's green earth he would have gotten out of that city alive if he would have put that uh, that flame out with a, with a fire extinguisher. <laughs> That's amazing. And And is that the reason why, like, for the smoke out of the tunnels, they use fire extinguishers? Or is that a totally different reason? Um, no, I, I think it's a totally different reason. I think it's probably just a cheaper method. Um, I know the first time that we used smoke, um, which also part of you know Miami lore, we're the first team ever to use smoke to let a team out. Now everybody's copying us. Um, <laughs> like literally the first every time, team. <laughs> literally every team uses smoke to bring their teams yeah. out, and we were the first ones to think of it. So next time your football team runs out of a tunnel, thank Miami. Um, but. Uh, uh, the first guy that ever did it just got a bunch of pipes and welded them together and just like blasted smoke through them. <laughs> I think the fire extinguishers are just easier to do. So, um, yeah, we always line up, um, you know, six or eight of them at a time at the entrance of the tunnel and just, you know, let them rip every time the team runs out. But it's pretty cool just because of the effect it has, like, especially like on some of those um, fall days where like there's a little bit more in the air. So it kind of hangs there. It doesn't just like disappear instantly. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I've run through that smoke now, like, I don't even know, a couple dozen times, nothing beats that. You know, just running through that, nothing freaking beats that. Nothing comes close. So, yeah, I think the fire extinguisher is just the easier, cheaper method. Yeah, and, 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 I, and I can imagine it was, like, a crazy experience just to, like, run out of the smoke, and as the smoke clears, you see this full stadium just cheering you and your team on. It's it's amazing. And you are, you know, as the IBIS, you are literally the face of that of that experience. And so oh, yeah. That must be cool. Yeah, no, because we're the, you know, a lot of people can't, you know, come up to the football team. They can't go to the coaches. They can't really, you know, interact with them, but they can interact with us. And so we're kind of like you said, you know, the bridge between, you know, the team and the fans. You know, we get to interact with both. We get to be on the field, but we get to, you know, talk to the fans, take pictures, sign autographs. You know, our big C-A-N-E-S, you know, chant, you know, we lead it. We get the crowd pumped up for it. So it, you know, feels really, really cool just knowing that we have that effect on so many people, especially, you know, a full game with, you know, 60, 70,000 people there. You know, there's just, there's nothing like it, you know, especially that first spell out, you know, after we run the team out the tunnel, everyone's all jazzed up, ready to go, juices flowing, <clears throat> and we just hit that spell out. I mean, the, I don't know if there's a drug on earth that can meet, that can match that rush, man. Like, that was just awesome every single time. Yeah, I mean, I can't even imagine. Um, before I let you go, uh, just kind of explain how you revealed yourself as the IBIS. I know, like, uh, it's it's very like it, it's a very unique way that they do it, and I I tried explaining it on our last episode, but I feel like I explained it very poorly. And as an IBIS, as a former IBIS, I feel like you would explain it a lot better than I. So, well, how did you? Uh, what was your take on it? I mean, from what I saw, it's just like you guys just wear the feet at graduation. That's it. Is there a more? Uh, is there more behind it? Now there is. Now there actually okay. is. Before, when I graduated, there wasn't really more to it. So I kind of tried to milk it as much as I could. So when I graduated, I had my boss sneak in a bag when I was sitting in my cap and gown, with and the inside the bag were the feet, um, and the gloves, and I think. 
I already had the jersey and the tights on. So I already had the jersey and the tights on underneath my cap and gown. I just needed the feet to be able to get them on. So she brought me the feet. She brought me the, the gloves. And I put that all on. And as I'm walking up the stage, they're calling my name. I just unzip my cap, uh, my gown, and I open it up. And the president at the time of the school, Donna Shalala, like her face just lit up because, you know, she gives everybody a handshake when they graduate on walking on stage. But for us, she actually stopped and gave me a hug. You know, she was like, oh, my God, you're Sebastian. So, yeah. you know, that's kind of how I did it. And then I just kind of turned to the stage and the crowd, the cameras, you know, trying to, you know, milk it, you know, soak it in one mm -hmm. more time. Um, so that's how I did it. But now they actually let the Sebastians, at least from what I heard, not necessarily walk separately, but they wait to call them up so that they can all go together in their jerseys, the caps, the feet, all that stuff, the whole nine yards. And then I think they do like a group spell out or something together is from what I've like guessed that they kind of do now from what I've heard. But no, when I did it, it was simply like you said, just kind of feet, jersey, you know, whatever else you want to add to it but now i think they kind of make it a little more cooler because they kind of do it separately so it's kind of like okay now we're going to acknowledge the sebastians here I, I kind of liked your like your way better though because it's like the first reveal it's the shock factor right now at the end of the day everybody's expecting oh we're going to hear who all the sebastians are um mm -hmm. and, you know it was just within your line of you know your last name is is quintana so it's for, so q now, if all the people who had Q last names around you, they had no idea until you actually went up and did it. Nope, not, not, not a single one of them had any idea. Actually, it was funny. When I put the feet on, that's when I started getting some looks from the people sitting around me, and that's when they were starting to be like, wait a minute, you were Sebastian? I'm like, yep. So get ready for what's about to happen, and sorry I'm about to you know, upstage your upstage, parents' yeah. ability to scream <laughs> your name. Yeah, It's like your parents have been waiting for your name to get called after all this for graduating. <laughs> They're going to have to wait a little bit longer, and they might not even hear your name. <laughs> that's amazing. Hey Ryan, yeah, that was definitely awesome. Yeah, hey Ryan, I, I thank you so much for coming on. This was an awesome discussion. Uh, it's always cool to hear like a perspective of someone from that vantage point because you literally see everything and you can't really speak about it until right now. You know? Yeah, no, it's true. You gotta try and keep it as good a secret as you can. So always happy to share some of the uh, the good old uh, war stories i guess if you want to put it that way and, <laughs> of course um, and we yeah, will commiserate man. over miami football soon uh i'll be making a trip down to miami shortly so uh, let me know we'll go to a game to together and uh yes. we'll tailgate we'll try to get enjoyed and hopefully we get a w yes amen to that amen well thank you so much <laughs> for coming on dr ryan quintana on with us former sebastian the ibis miami sports nut uh dude bleeds miami uh so definitely make sure to are you on twitter ryan I am actually not on Twitter. I'm, I'm one of those dinosaurs that just has a Facebook and a Snapchat. Uh, my New Year's resolution is to finally get an Instagram. Okay, well, when you get the Instagram, I'm going to tweet it out so everybody can follow you. All right? Appreciate it.